Hey everybody, welcome back to Up The Vibe. And today I am talking to Samuel Chong, who is a certified court interpreter and Chinese translator, who has dedicated a lot of time and energy getting the book The Uber Prophecy by Michel Demarquet, translated and published in China and Taiwan, where it is now a bestseller. So, hi Samuel, how are you doing? Very good, uh, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure to talk to you and um, a fascinating story the Theoba prophecy, and I wanted to start by sort of getting to know a bit more about you and how you got to know Michelle. Yes, I was born in Beijing, China, about uh, forty-five years ago, and um, I was fascinated by the stories of uh, ET contactees, thinking that um, if the ETs can come and visit us, then they must have advanced civilization advanced technologies, advanced knowledge. We can just learn from them. So I was very curious about what information the ET contactees uh, received. So I found the book on Amazon back in 2014 and read it. And I couldn't put the book down because it answers all the questions I had about the paranormal. It answers all the mysteries of the strange events like the uh, Bermuda Triangle and the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Um, the book is incredible enough to me that I was um, always wanted to find out more, especially given the fact that a book in the postscript says that uh, the more incredible things that the author, Michel de Marquet, was not allowed to write in the book because we were far from understanding them. So that got me extremely curious. That uh, resulted in me tracking him down and then to visit him in Vietnam where he was living at that time. Wow. And so were you um, quite fascinated with all these topics before picking up the book or was the book kind of kind of the start of your fascination in the topics? I think you said you had some some degree of interest already, right? Yes, I was uh, always fascinated by the uh, mysteries of the paranormal, always wanting to find out the answers, uh, the reasons and the whys. Like who built a Great Pyramid? For what yeah, purpose? It must be quite difficult to get hold of these so-called conspiracy theories in China. How, how did you find out about these things? Well, in the 80s, in the 1980s, China was actually quite open to the paranormal events. Okay. The, the, the journal, the magazines and the uh, news came into China without any censorship. But now it's a different story. Okay, so that there was a, a quite a period um, where you were able to well, the general population were able to get hold of this information. So is there a, a general interest in this amongst the population, maybe quietly now? Or has it kind of um, lost its uh, lost its shine a little bit over the years? Yeah, so there's a general interest in the in the population. Remember, China has a very long history and and there are many mystical stories uh, in the ancient Chinese history that uh, talks about uh, similar things, such as people having supernatural powers or psychic powers, or people can uh, diagnose certain diseases from just looking at the person's uh, energy field. So those yeah. are all recorded in the ancient Chinese um, texts or, or stories. So people know about this and, and uh, with modern technology and also information um, technology and people can access those information from a different perspective. Yeah, so uh, that's quite fascinating, actually, to to hear that. But I, I guess it's um, it's quite predominantly about America, isn't it, when we talk about the UFO phenomenon? But I imagine there's as many 
stories and mysteries um, on the other side of the planet uh, to discover as well in, in this subject, not just in the UFO, but phenomenon and, and stories, right? So there's, there's as much there. Exactly. Especially in the last few years, there are a lot of UFO sightings in China. Mm-hmm. People who see the unidentified flying objects, uh, flying saucers in China. And especially in the last few weeks, uh, some of the news regarding David uh, Grush uh, came to the Chinese public's mind. And they've okay. been wondering about what the U.S. government has been doing. <laughs> so it has um, touched the to the mainstream at all in China, this David Grush revelation, not, and his claims? Not so much the mainstream media but of the government, but the media, uh, the tabloid media in China. Oh, tabloid media. Okay. Yes. And I guess also the alt media if you want to call it that the kind of um <laughs> the renegades of the media circle trying to push the information that the mainstream won't touch right so that's right there yes. must be plenty of that um so uh it's uh you said you were uh, decided to go track down michelle what what was it that um made made you do that apart from that from the book as well was there was there anything else that made you think I, I really want to get to know this guy the main reason was to find out what else he knew but didn't write in the book because mm-hmm. the book is so fascinating, so incredible. And he said that he didn't write everything he knew. And that's the main reason for me to track him down and to ask questions about that. Did, did you believe him when you read that? Did you feel like you went over to um, try and I, I guess maybe there's some doubt in your mind about the story. Maybe there still is, but uh was it to try and find some, discover some proof about it? Or did you um, already have that kind of sense that of, of belief in the story or however you, however you feel? I already believed that everything written in the book was true because mm-hmm. there are so many specific verifiable facts that I later was able to verify. Mm-hmm. For example, it talks about uh, using yellow light and blue light to disinfect Michel de Marquet when he entered into their spacecraft. It turned out that Harvard Medical School had a research paper that shows that um, certain wavelengths of blue light has antibacterial antiviral effects. Mm-hmm. It also talks about the, the fact that there is a tomb of Jesus Christ in Shingo village, Japan, that people can still visit. Remember, the book was written in the late 80s. There was no internet back then in Australia, and Michel de Marquet was a landscaper who didn't know how to type and didn't know how to use a computer and he never traveled to japan how would he have known that there's a tomb of jesus christ in shingo village japan and so many um specific detailed descriptions about uh, everything else that he wrote in the book uh, were able to be verified by me later okay so um you've uh you've tracked him down you've got to know him. what kind of person was he like he was a typical French man, very proud and but very kind of uh, cynical about what was happening around the world at that time. And he um, was a very private person because he didn't really want to be bothered by tourists or by people just because of this book. So the first the first three days when I met him, he was annoyed at me, uh, annoyed at my questions because uh, it seems to me that I was asking him stupid questions. Uh, he just asked me to read one more time the book and, and read the book a few more times okay. until he realized that I could help him to, to 
get a book uh, published in China. And um, I have looked at the book myself. It's There's quite a lot to it. But if you were to give um, a synopsis to the listeners right now, what, how would you uh, sort of describe the book and and give it give a sense of what it's all about? Well, the book details his personal experiences of being taken by this group of uh, highly evolved and highly advanced ETs to their planet called Theuba for nine days and then came back, in which he was told many of the um, uh, answers of the paranormals on Earth, such as who built the Great Pyramid, for what purposes, what happens in the Bermuda Triangle, and what about the human energy field, the statues on Easter Island, and is there reincarnation? What about the stories in the Bible, the destruction, destructions of the two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Moses leading the Hebrews out of Egypt, the birth of Jesus and the coming of Christ, as well as uh, some of the current political systems on earth, how we can respond to our challenges in our personal lives and how to make the future a better world in the future. Yeah, and he's very descriptive about about the journey, and I'm I'm quite surprised to the to that degree. I imagine it was it was so vivid, and maybe he was very good at remembering. But the some of the details were, um, yeah, quite, I guess, uh, quite well written. Maybe he embellished a little bit or added to it through over time. But do you feel like um, he's uh, his descriptions were were really quite accurate, or do you think he maybe added to them to get for, for storytelling? The descriptions are accurate for the reason that uh, after he came back, he was writing the the the, uh, the book, and then he sometimes he would forget the details. And then out of sudden, the information was downloaded to him. So he remembered, he remembered visibly the details of what happened when he was on the planet. And the, the book talks about the ETs who are highly evolved so they have far advanced technologies than what we can imagine. So of course they're able to download or upload the information to his brain so that Michel de Marquet, when he was writing the book, he would be able to remember the details. Mm -hmm. And when we, uh, when people tend to talk about various ETs, whether it's all true about the, maybe that the Palladians or the Arcturians or the Syrians or whatever, but you don't really hear about the Thubans a lot, but they seem to be quite involved in our history in certain many ways. Well, why do you think that is, that uh, um, a race that may have been had quite quite an involvement that aren't quite as known as other other ones for, within the community? Because uh, their name has been hidden in plain sight. <laughs> right. Like in, in the Bible, people talk about the Jehovah. Jehovah. So when people read about Jehovah, uh, they're actually talking about the the Jehovans, the Theobans, and they are they were responsible for the destruction of the two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. They were responsible for parting the Sea of Reeds and leading Moses um, out of Egypt, and they're responsible for the birth and coming of Christ. So they're they've been really heavily involved in our ancient past, mm -hmm. and so far as far as the, what happened in World War Two. Um, preventing Germany from being the first country to develop the atomic bomb uh, so that the U.S. government was able to end the war much earlier than than otherwise. Yeah, it's um, if, if it's all true and, I, and I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical, but it's it's quite amazing to think that such events 
have had that degree of um, assistance, shall we say, from other ETs. I mean, for a lot of people, they might might struggle to think that uh, there's been such such an involvement. But um, but I guess you see that uh, many of our historical events have had quite a bit of involvement from not just Cubans but many other races, right? So um, it's it's not it's quite commonplace, possibly when we when we start to dig into the real history of humanity. Exactly, uh, but I would say mostly from the Theobans because um, they are or have been our mentors, trying to assist in our spiritual development or spiritual development. Mm-hmm. And they, the way they did that was to guide us indirectly and be our mentor indirectly without us knowing that because they didn't really want us to rely on their assistance. So they're just like uh, parents trying to uh, teach uh, their children uh, mathematical problem. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to provide the general guidance, the principal concepts, so that the children would be able to learn on their own and to solve the problems on their own. Um, if they just uh, give the answers to their children, then the children wouldn't uh, learn much. So this is the way how they're trying to help us as well, giving us the principal guidance, the meaning of life, how we should evolve spiritually so that we can work our own way and struggle, take the struggle, take the path, and, and through the different uh, challenges we face in our lifetime and, and to uh, to evolve. Yeah, uh, it is a fascinating story. I wonder if you wouldn't mind uh, talking a bit more about the um, the part where they talk about this reconnaissance mission that um, where there's a bit of a failure and that's what's uh, maybe been the seed to why planet Earth has, has not remained some um, planet with, with just uh, hunter-gatherers. <laughs> right. I mean, the um, we all came from different planets. The black people and the yellow people came from a planet called... Uh, um, Bakaratini about 1.35 million years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the first uh, group of people who came to Earth. The black people landed in Australia, it was now Australia, and the yellow people, the Chinese, uh, landed down uh, the southern Myanmar area. So, and the Caucasians came afterwards, and the um, uh, the Polynesians and, and came uh, after the Caucasians came, and, and the uh, Jewish people came the latest about 12,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, the, for example, we all came from our different planets because uh, the planets cooled down after so many number of years. So this is the reason why the yellow people and the black people came and because their own original planet cooled down. Um, so when a planet's core cools down, it no longer can capture, it no longer can have the um, electromagnetic field that can capture the atmosphere. Uh, so this is why Mars is a dead planet already uh, because its core uh, does not have the um, capacity to form the uh, electromagnetic field to capture the atmosphere. And, and so different people from different planets come to Earth for one reason or another but mostly because they can no longer live on their original planets. Okay, so uh, um, and there was this uh, mission, though, that um, happened that 
had they had issues and this is where the caucasians came in right so and they landed apparently is it somewhere in russia originally um, that's actually the hebrews the yeah. hebrews originally came from a planet called hebra about twelve thousand years ago and they landed uh you know what's now the southern russia um area yeah and and there were like uh, astronauts um, and they had a spacecraft failure so they came here accidentally because of the failure of the of their uh, spacecraft uh, there were three people three, three uh, hebrews and two females and one male and they because of um, their young age were able to migrate to uh, southern of uh, southern area and they came to uh, what's now the israel the what's now today's israel and they established uh, like a civilization like uh, and started the jewish the hebrew race mm -hmm. yeah, that's the jewish people the hebrews and the caucasian people landed on the continent of uh, atlantis which existed back then and but it sunk into the ocean but um, originally the continent of atlantis was a colony of uh, lemuria which also existed back then about 200,000 years ago. Um, it was um, on the Pacific Ocean. And um, it's uh, very interesting how the ancient civilizations existed on Earth and how they disappeared overnight because of natural disasters. Yeah, and there's also the civilization called Mu. Yes, yeah. that's the civiliz civilization on Lemuria. And yeah. And they were so successful that they were able to use uh, anti-gravitational technologies and supersonic gravitational systems to build a great pyramid on the Moria, mm -hmm. which uh, the same technology that the uh, Thoth used to build a great pyramid of Egypt in Egypt. So what was the uh, primary uh, reason for these uh, these pyramids, according to the, the story from Michel de Marquet? When a civilization is spiritually advanced, they think uh, that uh, it's ready to build a great pyramid as an energy center to capture the cosmic and terrestrial energies so that the users of the great pyramid could communicate with people on other planets and also to make rain. And actually, University of Reading in the UK um, did an experiment. They projected uh, energy into the sky, into the clouds, so that the um, the clouds could uh, form and, and actually the rain would fall. Um, they call that the organ energy. Um, so I think uh, by similar technology, they're able to use the pyramid um, to, to project the energy into the sky uh, through metal plates and to make the rain fall. And there's there there's also archaeological evidence that uh, in the ancient times in Egypt uh, there were a lot of uh, rainfalls near the uh, Nile River area. Yeah, um, it's it's assumed um, or, or even known that the area that uh, around the Nile and maybe all the way across North Africa was pretty lush and uh, green at the time, and not the desert that we uh, know of now. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so you've mentioned uh, the pyramid, but there's also the Sphinx. And I've had a few interviews recently about 
um, the chambers and the Sphinx and and who and the carving of the Sphinx. I don't know if you've seen my interview with Rob Neyland and Manu today, for example. But uh, what what does um, what does Michelle or maybe even yourself have um, uh, to say about the the Sphinx and the chambers underneath potentially? Yeah, radio interview, uh, audio interview. Michel de Marquet says certain things that he knew but didn't write in the book. One of the things was about the Sphinx of Egypt. He mm-hmm. says that Tao, the ET, is told him that when the time is ready, when we are ready, then the three chambers of the Sphinx, beneath the Sphinx, can be opened. When that happens, everything will be known. And Michelle further states that uh, uh, we are not ready now, and if we use even like explosives, the three chambers of the Sphinx uh, will not be opened. All because right. uh, they have to op- to be opened in a specific way uh, when we are ready. Okay, so w- there's a suspicion that um, when we are ready is when we are at the point, maybe some sort of intellectual point that we can figure out how to get into them, or is it a case of the ETs coming and open them for us? Michel de Marquet was uh, referring to uh, spiritual readiness when we are spiritually evolved enough and the knowledge when we have the knowledge and the sphinx will be open uh, the chambers of the sphinx will be opened so um it's not about technology it's about spiritual readiness yeah and uh do you think we're gonna be close to that (laughs) sometimes uh sometimes i think not sometimes i think maybe i think it's doable because uh, we decide our future uh, even the Theobans cannot uh, see what's going to happen um, a, a hundred years afterwards. They're able to see what's going to happen within a hundred years or so into the future, but not uh, after a hundred years. So I think we decide how we um, are going to have a future uh, or what kind of future we're going to have. Um, so that's why I'm putting a lot of efforts into promoting spiritual knowledge and yeah. material knowledge so that people know how to respond to certain situations yes. how to make the right choices yeah up uh, the vibe basically um but yes yeah, sort of that's where we need to head but do you think um do you think we're going to be waiting quite a while before we ever get to the point where we will have the spiritual um uh, raising of our frequency to get to the point where we will be able to have this knowledge or do you think we're talking generations still before we get there. Definitely it... not generations. I think oh. uh, the time will come within uh, a few decades of time, and, and the number will be, I would say, less than three decades or so. So I think uh, it really depends how we respond to the challenges, how we can wake people up. Yeah, and I think uh, we're certainly seeing a lot happening in the world right now. We, we mentioned David Grush earlier, but it's not just that. There's a lot lot going on right now. Imagine you're following it too. But there is still a sense that um, it's only really this this kind of the community that want to know about it are still engaged with it to the, to the extent there's still a lot of people out there that probably still have no idea. That right. To agree, this is, um, this is all changing, right? Yes, I'm hoping that the uh, people... Um who rely on the mainstream media will be able to be awakened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you think the key takeaways are from the prophecy if you were to uh, to 
yeah, there may be more around what the main threats to human progress are. I think it talks a lot about where the where the potential issues are or have been. Well, two things. One, people need to realize that when God created every one of us, it inserted a tiny portion of itself to each of our astral bodies. We have our physical body, but also astral body or the spiritual body. So we are part of God and God is part of us. So when we respond to certain situations, we should look inside of ourselves, not rely on the government or specific religious leader. Mm -hmm. uh, we should follow our intuition or our gut feelings. And uh, we can meditate, we can pray, we can just have a good night of sleep because night brings counsel. Uh, we can connect to our higher self um, through dreams or through meditation. Um, so that's one uh, lesson. And the other message is that uh, uh, we should also be more realistic and to see what's really going on around the world. There's a, the book says, and it tells us, the ETs tell us that there's a group of financiers running everything behind the scenes. So they manipulate the politicians like puppets. Like in the United States, uh, people see the Republicans and the Democrats fight against each other, but there's a group of people that runs the show behind the scenes. But people need to know that. And the book also gives a solution to the problem is that uh, we can uh, act in a concerted fashion to rise up against tyranny, against the financiers, the special interest groups through a nonviolent resistance, uh, using nonviolent resistance to uh, form a collective action, like a strike, uh, so that uh, they have to cater to our demands. If you really think about it, it, it makes a lot of sense because they profit from by enslaving our labor. If we stop working for them, or we the poor people stop working for them, they would not be able to profit anymore. And uh, it's only through our collective actions uh, they would uh, really have to listen to our demands. And that's the way to go about it. But we have to do it using nonviolent resistance because violence never pays. So yeah, you you mentioned about the Democrats and the Republicans. What's the state of uh, play in China? It, it seems that it's basically Xi and that's it, isn't it? So. Yes, it's a totalitarian regime, yeah. a dictatorship. And dictatorship or communist government is always like a, a step back um, of a civilization it should be brought into a more democratic society in which indiv individual liberties are given to the people and people have the free will to make choices and not to be under uh, the, the, the dictatorship of the Communist Party. Yeah. Uh, we focus a lot of our attention on America and how things are happening there, but we don't get to hear a lot about what's happening in China. Do you have much um, information to share about um, how how that's progressing? Uh, is there a movement uh, to to get rid of the the totalitarian dictatorship and to move away from that, or um, is China still feeling a little bit uh, unable to progress that far? I mean, there's a lot more people in China, so you'd imagine the the resistance would be bigger if there was this huge energy towards towards that but i don't i don't hear about it but it's hard to get any information out of china really isn't it 
So people have been trying to help the people in China, mm -hmm. and some people want to do certain things uh, and to make the government more democratic. And I'm, I'm actually thinking, and it's a wishful thinking that people can wake up uh, by reading the book, Theoba Prophecy, and know that only through a grassroots uh, form of collective action, that through nonviolent resistance, that they can change the government, change the regime. And, and I think uh, there's still a long way to go, but I'm hopeful that mm -hmm. within the next two years or so, there's going to be a change of the government in China. Yeah, I feel there's a shift in consciousness having, ha happening. And as that happens, more and more is disclosed and more and more truth does come out. And with that becomes a sort of slow but building uh, snowball. It's getting bigger and bigger uh, as it uh, collects more snow down the hill. There's a similar thing going on in the world as uh, more and more people become aware and become more distrustful of their the governments and leaders and um yeah i i do feel i mean uh, for, just taking my own uh, my own journey i can see there's there's a shift going on but it is it is it is slow and um <laughs> i know sometimes you wish it'd be quicker but then at other times i feel like it's incredible to think how much has changed just in the last four years maybe even 10 years what what whatever timeline you look back and you think there's quite a lot has has changed right so yeah we are moving in the right direction exactly we are moving to the right at the right direction and the people have the power and people have the power and i'm hoping that they are going to have more power through um through the power of knowledge if they know certain things if they know what the pharmaceutical companies are doing they would know how to respond appropriately and correctly. If they know how the energy companies are suppressing the clean technologies, then they would know how to respond uh, in certain ways. So people need the knowledge and need to know uh, facts and information like what you have been providing to the public. Yeah, but it is very hard um, getting people to, to look at this stuff through uh, telling them. You have to almost wait for them to ask you and then provide them with information it, it kind of you have to be patient and because a lot of people when you tell them these things and they're not they're not ready then you can put them off um, a lot of it or they can look away right so it's a bit difficult to know uh when the rest, right right time is to uh to tell certain people about all these things because it is quite quite jarring quite mind-blowing a lot of the a lot of the stuff that you hear about and not everything's true of course but there is definitely a lot of a uh, lot to discover about our history that um i think uh, there's a number of there are a number of books out there and i think the theoba prophecy is is one of them that gives gives an account of history which may may be um a source of a lot of information about what what our true past is especially given the fact that the book contains a lot of uh, specific information that are, that is verifiable yeah, um, and uh, people should really look into the book and and to find information that's helpful uh, for their real day to day lives. For example, it talks about uh, how to maintain a healthy life, uh, to focusing on the human energy field and <clears throat> the colors that affect the human energy field. And so, using colors is a very cheap, expensive, and effective way of improving people's uh, 
um, mood or mind, and in turn, it improves people's uh, physical health. So a lot of very interesting information is contained in the book that worth uh, further investigations and, and research. And uh, it's I quite like the the story um, retold through the book about uh, about Jesus, uh, and it's um, quite amazing how a lot of people they don't believe in abductions yet. <laughs> Every Christmas we we uh, well at least in the Christian world celebrate uh, probably one of the most well known abduction stories if you want to view it that way because uh, as the story is told um, Mary gave birth to a child without. Um, the not through the, the normal ways, right? So, well, how else that could it have been, <laughs> right? So, yeah. um, so the that's, that's fascinating that uh, yeah, the the, the abduction story of Mary is is sort of it's hidden in plain sight, isn't it? In a way, but we um, it what's fascinating also is the death of Christ. Um, apparently, wasn't uh, Christ himself? It was a a Theoban in the Christ's body. That's that's a huge. That's a huge um, change to the narrative. I've not heard that before. Would you like to talk a bit about that? Yes. The main purpose of them to uh, take on the body of Christ um, and was to be able to show the people of the miracles performed by Christ. Because people were skeptical. People are still very skeptical. Unless someone can perform the things that they couldn't perform, or they cannot perform, then um, their preachings uh, or teachings uh, wouldn't have been believed by the people at that time or nowadays. And so this is why they actually went inside of the uh, physical body of Christ made by them, and then they performed all the miracles so that uh, the teachings of Christ could be believed by the people at that time. And Christ indeed died on the cross and resurrected three days after just to show people that there is life after death and there is reincarnation. Uh, but the concept of reincarnation was later removed by the Catholic Church Council meetings. And the book specifically named the four Catholic Church Council meetings um, that intentionally distorted the original meanings of the ancient scriptures. Um, and uh, it's so specific that people can read it and do additional research. So that's about Christ. and But Jesus uh, was indeed born out of Virgin Mary. And he was born from the embryo put by the Theobans into the uterus of Virgin Mary. And because uh, a person is born that way, uh, that person or he would have to pass through what the Nagas would call the river of oblivion, forgetting all the ancient uh, knowledge uh, that he learned in his past lives for getting the um, ability to perform miracles. So that Jesus actually couldn't perform miracles, even though he was highly smart and spiritual and had a great conversation with the teachers of the temple. He later went to India and died in Japan. So there's a tomb of Jesus in Shingo village, Japan. So that actually explains why there's no record in the Bible that documented Jesus performing miracles before the age of 30 and why Christ, after he began preaching, um, when he saw his mother in a group, he didn't call his mother mother, but called his mother woman. And so that explains a lot of the inconsistencies of the Bible. Have you, have you, so you've been to Shingo, China, and seen the tomb? 
uh, Shingo Japan. I've seen the videos oh, yeah, and also, Japan, yeah, yeah and, and and the pictures that people took, but I I haven't been to uh, to the tomb of Christ in Japan yet. Oh, okay, that'd be uh be quite interesting to do that one day and to see it. I imagined um it might be quite um uh maybe maybe isn't quite as overt as uh as you might think. Have you seen from the pictures? Is it is it quite sort of hidden away? Or it's is... actually it's actually quite well known in Japan, and it's actually been reported by National Geographic, and people visit there, and especially in the last uh, year or so, and more people know about it, and uh, I think it's fascinating the fact that people in that village, uh, sing a song that sounded like ancient Hebrew language. So, so they do believe that Jesus was buried there, or, or they do. they they do. So they they don't believe the stories that of um, the Bible that he he wasn't buried there. They try to make the story more consistent by saying that Jesus, after um, they after he went to Japan, he went back to Israel, um, and and um, and died on the cross, and then something happened. So they try to make the story more consistent, mm -hmm. but. They didn't realize that uh, they don't realize that there are two beings: one Jesus, one Christ. Okay. Uh, and it, there's another part that talks about the um, the Big Bang, and um, I I do I do uh, think the Big Bang may have happened, but I also think, listening to a lot of scripture, that there is no beginning and end to this universe. It's almost an, an infinite. Uh, a constant uh it's just constantly there and what what is actually i will come on to what you th your thoughts are what michelle's thought is what what is the universe what is consciousness but um it, it suggests that there, there was a big bang but was there that i guess that wasn't the start of the universe do you know if they have a th thought on whether that was start of a universe or was it a start of something that we are part of well, according to the Theobans, the EPs, uh, the universe started uh, similar to what the Big Bang theory depicted, in which everything in the very beginning, um, there was a pure spirit, what we would call the uh, the great ether. Uh, it's a pure energy, a pure consciousness. And he imagined, or it imagined everything that's going to happen. And so, and, and then Big Bang occurred. So through the four different forces, uh, the stars, the planets, uh, the plants, and the animals were created by the four cosmic forces. And, um, and then uh, the, uh, the Great Spirit decided to experience um, the physical life through human body experiences. So that's why it inserted a portion of itself to each one of us so that it can experience what we do in our lives, the happiness, the sorrows, and the challenges we'll face in, in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a spiritual being experiencing a physical experience. So this is the concept, uh, the start of everything, and, uh, and we evolve gradually um, by accumulating spiritual lessons in our lifetime. And we move up the ladder and move up uh, the categories of planets. For example, on Earth, um, we are living on category one planet, but we can also move up the ladder and live on category two planet, 
when we are ready spiritually. And, uh, and the Thubans come from a category nine planet, the highest level of category. So that's why they never age. They can live forever. They can perform all the miracles as performed by Jesus Christ. Um, so this is the process of uh, evolution uh, on, in that sense. Yeah, and do you think this great spirit, is that consciousness itself? Yes. Uh, is consciousness is uh, when everything was created, uh, we start from uh, the spirit or the consciousness. And everything is about consciousness. And uh, we we have to know this because uh, this is uh, this would give uh, us the direction, the meaning of life is to raise up our consciousness or the levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's what's uh, experiences have you had in in your life that maybe are paranormal? Do you have have you had any any experiences? Have you seen UFOs? Have you? Um, maybe even thought you've met a Thuvan? <laughs> no, personally, I haven't seen any UFOs or strange objects on the sky. I, I haven't met any Thuvans yet. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but uh, I'm actually trying to do my best to learn on my own without the assistance of the Thuvans, because that's the best way to learn and to remember the lessons. So would you like to meet them one day? Only when it's absolutely necessary. Um, otherwise, I would like to fully enjoy my physical experience on Earth and to learn the lessons that I need to learn. Yeah, it's very wise. And what what's uh, what's your thoughts around um, happening over the next uh, couple of years? I think it really depends on our actions. I'm hoping that more people will wake up and not to rely on the narratives of the mainstream media and to be able to think more independently than to look at the things behind the scenes. Uh, for example, they would know that uh, if they're open-minded, they would know that uh, nobody really wants a war uh, except for the military industrial complex that have to focus on the interests of their shareholders. And uh, in the last few decades, we have been living a very peaceful uh, you know, very peaceful world without major wars, but they have to make money for their shareholders. So wars have to be created and uh, we shouldn't just uh, side by the Russians or the Ukrainians. We should look at what's really happening behind the scenes mm -hmm. and, and, and to look at uh, how, to, how to really change the world for the better is through the empowerment of knowledge. Yeah, so if you wouldn't mind uh, telling people a bit more about where they can find out more about you and also maybe get hold of the book. Well, people can find me by searching on Google. Um, just type my name, Samuel Chong. And uh, they can also find the book on Amazon by typing the title of the book, The Yoga Prophecy. Yep, we're spelling that as well. <laughs> yes, the spelling is T-H-I-A-O-O-U. B A, the yeah. Urban prophecy. Well, um, thank you for um for talking about the thing Uber prophecy and uh, what's going on in China and everything else. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time. Hopefully, we can uh, speak again another time. Yes, definitely. I'd love to come to your show again. <laughs> thank you.